So we've now heard the story and seen the story. But that version that we just saw was slightly different than the one we heard from Matthew's Gospel. And in fact, if we were to read all four of the versions, we'd notice there were some reasonably significant differences between the four versions. Some only have Jesus appearing in Jerusalem. That one, the appearances are all going to happen in Galilee. And in Matthew, most of them happen in Galilee. And some have Jesus appearing in both places. One of the big differences about Mark's Gospel, which is the one we just saw there, and the other three Gospel writers, is that his version is also a lot shorter. Most scholars would agree that Matthew's gospel, uh, Mark's Gospel finishes at verse 8, which is where the, uh, where the women are leaving and they are afraid. They are confused, shaking, and too afraid to tell anyone what has happened. There are two other endings, if, uh, well certainly in our Bible up there, there are two long other endings. One is called a shorter ending and the other is called a longer ending. One's shorter and one's longer. Uh, and they've been around in the, in the Bible for a long time, but most scholars would suggest that Mark did not write either of those endings. The language is wrong. The way the sentences are pulled together is different from how the rest of Mark's Gospel is written. The question then is, are not that are the other two versions written by Mark, but the, the question is, why did Mark stop there? Is that really where he wanted to stop? Or did somehow the end of his Gospel get lost? Now you have to remember in his time, most writing was done on scrolls and it was all handwritten. There was none of this printing press stuff where books were mass produced. It was all handwritten. And so there are a number of scholars who suggest that the ending was simply lost. It got chopped off somehow. And after that no one knows what happened to the piece of scroll. And because of that, uh, those two alternative endings were provided. People thought, well, Mark clearly wanted to carry on. So we don't know what he carried on with, so we'll use Matthew's Gospel and we'll provide two alternative endings. One is shorter and just basically says that the women go and tell Peter and the disciples and they all go off to Galilee. And then the other one is longer and kind of describes some of what happened in Galilee. But there are some scholars who would suggest that actually that's exactly where Mark wanted to stop at that point, with no resurrection story appearances really. So why would Mark want to stop there? It seems an odd place to finish your gospel. Well those scholars suggest that Mark was writing an introduction. Tomorrow night Cliff and Des Carter are going to be here and somebody should introduce them and it probably should be me but I'm not going to be here so it might have to be somebody else. And uh, when we do that, we kind of describe a little bit about the person. And if it's a really important speech at a convention or something, we'll also include some funny stories or some uh, stories that kind of show the character of who we are introducing. 
And then once we've done that introduction, we move to one side and we allow the speakers to speak for themselves. Well, they suggest that's what Mark is doing here. His gospel is the shortest, uh, it's the pithiest, it's the earliest, uh, and it's uh, kind of got a few stories in it, and then they say Mark stops deliberately. Now, tradition teaches us that Mark was writing his gospel for the churches in Rome. And they who suggest that this is where Mark wants to finish suggest that resurrection appearances in Jerusalem and Galilee, important as they were, were not the point of what Mark was on about. What Mark wanted people to do when they heard his gospel was to then think about how they have experienced the risen Christ in Rome. He was inviting them to think about how have we met this Christ that Mark introduces us to. And then to tell each other those stories. So rather than Mark's gospel finishing at verse 8, they say, actually, Mark's gospel was the first part of the telling of the good news of Christ. And it was an invitation for the Roman Christians to then keep telling the stories of how they have met the risen Christ. That the gospel wasn't something that was locked into this time and place in Jerusalem and Galilee, but it was an ongoing story even for those Christians in Rome. And that they were to keep telling their stories and adding to the stories that Mark gave at the, in his gospel. In our culture, Easter is, uh, well, it's kind of this weekend, really. And so I was listening to the radio on Friday as I drove here, and the radio announcer uh, talked about Easter Friday. And I went, why are they talking about Friday week? Why are they talking about today? Of course, they were talking about that Friday, because for them, this was Easter Friday. The whole weekend is Easter. But in fact, Friday, Easter Friday, is the Friday after Easter. You can't have Easter until you have Easter Sunday. So today is day one. I was talking to someone about the opening of the art exhibition that was yesterday, and he said, oh, well, I'll see you on Easter Saturday. And I went, oh, I thought the... Uh, I thought the opening of the art exhibition was the Saturday before Easter, and he said it is. And I went, well then, that's Holy Saturday. You've got to have an Easter before you can have an Easter Saturday. And he went, oh, never thought about that. Well, so today is day one. It's day one of a 50-day period. In the church calendar, Easter lasts from today all the way through to Pentecost in 50 days' time. 50 days where we get to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. Fifty days where we can think about how have we met the risen Christ. You see, if these stories that we heard today are the end of it, and if they don't have make any difference to how we live our lives, if they don't make any difference to how we see the world, 
then they stay as nice stories that happened 2,000 years ago in a faraway land. And that was what Mark was confronting only 30 or 40 years after the events. He was saying, these stories are not just nice stories that happened in a faraway place 30 or 40 years ago. They are stories that make a difference to our lives today. Because here in Rome, we meet the risen Christ. And every place that has heard his gospel has been asked the same question. How have we met the risen Christ in our place and in our time? Well, we have 50 days to think about that and to share those stories. But actually I'm going to give you an opportunity now to think about those stories and to talk to the people near you about how you have met the risen Christ and what difference that has made to your lives. How you see the world and how you live your life and why you live your life. So some of you will find that quite hard and you're allowed to sit in quiet and think about it because, well... You have 50 days to come up with some answers and to tell somebody about it. <laughs> but others of you may be able to talk now. And as you talk, uh, I hope you learn from each other's stories and uh, grow in your understanding of who the risen Christ is for us today. Now, when you came in, you were given a pen, and, I hope, and a piece of paper and a pipe cleaner. I'd hold up mine, but I used mine up at 8 o'clock, I realise, at the beginning of the service. And my pen is lying on the ground. That's alright, I can grab another one. So what I want you to do is to, after you've finished talking, um, when we've deemed it long enough talking, there's going to be an anthem sung by uh, a ridiculously polished choir who've uh, gathered together for this day, and uh, that will give you an opportunity then to think about what you would like to write on your flower. So there are two things that I want you to think about with your flower. The first is uh, some words or images that capture the heart of the story that you told or the story that you heard from the person you were talking to. And then the second thing is to think about all the places in the world that need to know God's hope and love this day. The places that you think we should be praying for this day. Put words and images on your flower, on your piece of paper, and then I want you to make a flower. Now at this point, in other years I've shown you how to make a flower, but the, the reality is I'm terrible at it. And uh, so I just thought it would probably be better if you kind of worked it out for yourselves. And as I look at the cross and what other people did, that was a good decision because mine was a disaster and there's some tremendous flowers there. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure you will work it out. So we're going to have a time to talk. Then there's going to be a time to sit and think while the choir sing their anthem. And at the end of that, Malcolm will play a musical piece and you'll be invited to come up here and to add your flowers to this cross. Now on Friday, this cross was covered in dried, dried leaves, which represented all that was dead and dying in our lives. 
and the large cross with the leaves nailed to it is still at the back to remind us of where we have come from. Today we place the flowers on there to remind us and to symbolise the new life that Christ calls us into. So now is the time to turn to your neighbour and to share your stories of how you have met the risen Christ in your life today.